Welcome to my first Pitsy Pod episode. On these special episodes, I pick a subject, do some research, I type it up, and I have some fun talking to you about it. This Pitsy Pod episode is about Lewes Castle. It's situated on the Isle of Lewis in the Outer Hebrides in Scotland. As historic environment Scotland describes, it commands panoramic views and is prominent on the sea approach to Lewis. And now, the castle awaits. Time for some history, eh? Now, where would we be if it wasn't for starting with Vikings? As you already know, I do love Norse history. So on the Isle of Lewis, the Viking raids ended in 1266, and afterwards it was an independent state, and it was run by the MacLeod clan for several centuries. So let's jump ahead a little bit. In 1610, King James VI granted ownership of the Isle of Lewis to the Mackenzies of Kintel. And in 1680, Seaforth Lodge was established by Lord Seaforth in Yari Rui. Apologies for my Gaelic pronunciation. Unfortunately, the last Mackenzie heir died in 1815. And it wasn't until 1844 that Sir James Matheson bought the estate. Now, Sir James was a businessman. He was from Sutherland. And he built his fortune from the Chinese opium trade. He was actually the co-founder of Jardine, Matheson & Company. And he purchased the island of Lewis, the whole island, for £190,000. Now for kicks, I threw that in the inflation calculator and it caused some conversion issues, but it does give you an idea of the rates today. So it'd be somewhere around £6 million or in Canada, about $10 million. After buying the island, he looked everywhere to find the perfect spot to build his residence. And he chose Seaforth Lodge. To do this, he hired a well-known architect at the time, Charles Wilson, who designed the castle. Now, Lewes Castle is located on the northwest side of Stranaway Harbour, which overlooks the town. And interestingly enough, some of this building is still present in the mezzanine walls of Lewes Castle. In 1847, the work officially started, and seven years later, the project had run to 60,000 pounds to complete. And again, with our handy-dandy inflation calculator, it would be about 1.8 million pounds, or about $3 million Canadian. In addition to the castle, the grounds were extensively renovated, with about a price tag of £49,000. And with a cautious note, looking at our calculator gives us about £1.5 million, or about $2 million Canadian. There was quite the upheaval in building this castle, and even renovating the grounds, as all of this affected the town. The tenants were kicked off the lands, the roads were rerouted, we can imagine construction materials being taken to and fro, and Matheson was also associated with Scottish clearances, with reorganizing farmlands, and even developing Starnaway Harbour. However, Sir James Matheson tried to appease the town folk. With an influx of money to help during the potato famine, and many other socio-economic issues on the island, it was said that he imported meals and potatoes to help the starving population of the town. Around 1868, the lodge at Seagate was near the old garden. Now, a really interesting little tidbit. There's a thing called the Bernara Riot of 1872. That sounds so big and so bold to riot against your landlord. You would imagine this huge crowd with, I don't know, picket signs or some such. In essence, the crofters were really unhappy with Sir Matheson and his eviction orders. 
And finally, three men marched to his house, which, by the way, was now Lou's castle, in order to talk to him. And in the house's conservatory, Lady Matheson actually gave tea to these Bonero protesters. It was found out later during trial that Donald Matheson was in charge of the evictions and he was considered to be a ruthless tyrant and the crofters were acquitted of all the charges. Now, three years later in 1875, Alex Sutherland added a conservatory botanical building which had all kinds of exotic plants and different species. It was to help plants that just couldn't make it through the Scottish elements. The Stornoway Gazette wrote about Loose Castle in 1950, so quite a few years later, but they stated that Sir James Matheson was a benevolent landlord because of his constant desire to improve the moral and social lot of his people. In 1878, Sir James died. The castle actually went to his wife, Lady Jane Matheson. Matheson's successors embellished the landscape, the added ornamental ponds that replaced the glass houses. The park was modified to create this new type of parkland. There was also an addition of the outdoor kitchen, as well as a very long terrace on the southeast side of the castle. Afterwards, there are more additions to the new lodge and the entrance gate, and Creed Lodge was built. In 1882, the landscape was, as described by Groom, so beautiful and well laid out that both gardens and grounds compared favorably with any in Scotland. So these actually had hothouses, carriage drives, footwalks, and even a monument to commemorate Sir James. Now by 1917, the financial strain of upkeeping this estate led to its sale. There was another businessman named William Hesketh Lever from Lancashire, and he bought the island of Lewis, again the whole island, in 1918, for 143,000 pounds. Now with the calculator we love using so much, it's about 2.4 million pounds today, which is about $3.8 million Canadian. And one year later, Lord Lever also bought the island of Harris. So he owned Lewis as well as Harris. He was the Viscount of Leverhulme. You might actually have heard of this businessman as he started the soap brand Sunlight. Over the period of about three years, he spent two million pounds on industrialization. That's about, again, 28 million pounds now, or 45, 46-ish million pounds Canadian today. And this money was spent to help develop mostly the fishing industry. He truly believed that building up the fishing industry on these islands would be beneficial to all the residents. He also planned to build a bridge from Lewes Castle to Bayhead and hired a gentleman by the name of Raffles Davison to help design new elements of the Stornoway. Lord Lever also upgraded all the castle to electric lighting. He added bathrooms, telephones, and even central heating. Another really interesting addition was this beautiful, elegant ballroom that was extended while he was there. And grand balls were really special occasions at Lewes Castle with some famous visitors. In 1923, Lord Leverhulme gave Lewes Castle and 64,000 acres of land to the Stornoway Parish. The Stornoway Trust was created to maintain the property on behalf of the community. During the Second World War, the castle was used as a naval hospital. Unfortunately, though, by using this as a hospital, the conservatory glass houses were destroyed, the woods became wild and untamed. So after the war, around the 1950s, Stornoway Trust sold the castle and 10 acres of land to Ross and Cromartie County Council. And at this point, it became Lewes Castle College. In 1975, under the Cuerlanan Allen Shah, which again, I very served my Gaelic, it was formerly known as the Western Isles Council, the new community was formed. 
And in 1988, it was still used for educational purposes. So Loose Castle became Loose Castle College, and they used it up to 1988. There was some structural damage that became apparent after 1988, and it was repaired, but only parts of the mansion were used until the early 90s. And the Stornoway Trust have actually undertaken extensive improvements and renovations. So the castle being renovated again, and in 2016, Museum Nanarlin was opened. There was a project involving the Heritage Lottery Fund, Historic Scotland, the Scottish Government, the European Regional Development Fund, the Highlands and Islands Enterprise, the Gaelic language organization called Borchna Gaelic. They involved funding for about $13.5 million to do these renovations. The new museum uses Gaelic as its first language, and its goal is to depict island life, starting from prehistory to the present day with Gaelic exhibitions. Because Harris and Lewis are intertwined, they actually used Harris tweed, which is a fabric that's hand-woven on the Western Isles. And the Harris tweed has been used for the upholstery in the museum and the archive. There's also a really neat glass-walled gallery, a glass-roof courtyard cafe, and a special exhibition gallery, and some significant archaeological finds. Now, the permanent display is, of course, the world-famous 12th century Lewis Chessman ivory chess pieces. So in 1831, the Lewis Chessmen were found in a stone kist on a dune in Uwick on the Isle of Lewis. Eleven of the chess pieces are owned by the National Museum of Scotland in Edinburgh. And six of these famous chessmen have come back from the British Museum and take their place as centerpiece exhibits. In spring of 2018, the grounds were refreshed, replanted. Interestingly enough, the walkway paths from the 19th century are still clear today. And Lady Lever Park is now the golf course. The castle park is surrounded on the north and the south side by woodland. Perhaps someday I'll get to visit Lewes Castle. It sounds fascinating. Hopefully this has given you some information and you get to visit Lewes Castle. So when are we taking the trip? Flying over from Canada. If you go to the website, I've pulled some pictures from different archives for you to peruse to give you an idea of what the construction looked like. I truly hope you enjoyed this Pitsy Pod. And as you have figured out, Pitsy Pod just signifies small podcast mixing French and English. And of course, thank you to my husband, Jamie, our kids, our family, our friends. Without their belief in me, none of this would have been possible. Un grand merci.